Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand. With me, as always, is Logan Stump. Harry Tay Logan. Oh man, I had my editing volume on and you scared the living tar out of me. For some reason, you were a lot louder then. So, oh, I'm good, Jordan. I um, I guess besides not being able to hear, uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. So, um, but yeah, how's it going, Jordan? I know we just caught up before and I know you're... Uh, you having a good day so far, uh, as far as great uh, day, great day. Uh, yeah, you know we're doing all right. I guess we're getting ready for vacation, so it'll be much needed um, here on Thursday when when we finally head on out. But um, where are you headed? I know I know where you're headed, but uh, listeners have no idea. Uh, just South Carolina, Hilton Head area. So we'll be there. Um, if I guess if for some reason you run into me there, say hi, I guess. I don't know. You probably um, have a lot of South Carolina listeners, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you look at our stats. Um, um, yeah. So we're here, you know, happy Monday after a victory as we're going to spend most of the time talking U.S. men's national team today. There's a little bit of MLS action going on, but most of our news uh regarding the national team is about the nation's league, which just wrapped up. And of course they have appointed a manager. So we will get to those things very soon. I think I want to talk about the games first before we talk about any sort of manager stuff, but um, look at this as good as a, a leagues, nation's leagues, right? Nation nation's league that you can have, this round here where we had to face Mexico in the semis, Canada in the final. We get through without conceding a goal. We beat Mexico three nil, which I think had never really happened before. We beat Canada two nil. And uh, I mean, Balogun had his first U S men's national team goal. So that was great. And we had uh Pepe scoring again. We had red cards in the Mexico game. <laughs> we had a lot of stuff going on, but I think the big thing really is without Tyler Adams, who's injured, this team looked really good. Even when people were worried about Brendan Aronson starting last night, this team looked really good. And I saw some people disparaging Aronson last night as well, but he did exactly what he needed to do, which was he kept track of Alfonso Davies and he caused problems for him. And, you know, that was what was needed. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this team just looked really good. These two games. I'm very excited. Uh, like I said last week, I really wanted to win the nation's league more than the gold cup. I feel like this is now the prestige tournament. Maybe it's just cause we won it back to back times in the first two times, but it just feels great. Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I would say out of the windows that I've watched, like this is the, this is the best of the U.S. has looked. I mean, it, it just, you know what it starts to feel like, Jordan? It's starting to feel like we're, we, I think we have a roster finally where it's, when there's not a lot of moving pieces, not a lot of injuries. I mean, obviously Tyler Adams is missing and, and uh, a captain at World Cup, but I think you throw him in the mix, man. I mean, this team, and we talked about this a little bit, is how deep they could be if these players develop into the players that we think they're going to. And uh, I mean, what a better start, right, than to get a really good game from Kristen Pulisic. I mean, just the, the captain, uh, the player that has been uh, in an absolute mess where he's been. I know in, in Chelsea, he's just lost, I think, all confidence. And I just don't think he's 
in the right headspace there. He's not happy. Um, you know, I think he eventually gets a move out. But, it, you know, to see him come in and put in a performance uh, at the tail end of their season when they're in form, it's a lot different than what I think we saw, you know, their midseason form. Um, and some of the MLS players are out of offseason so at the World Cup. So it, it just – I think it was like a perfect storm of when these players were coming in. MLS is midseason. The Premier League has just ended. A lot of them just played in the Champions League. I mean, it, it had that feel of this is the first time where pretty much everybody that we really wanted to be healthy was healthy. Um, and, I mean, it, to add in Balagoon into this starting uh, 11 is into the starting nine spot, it's just – it's a totally different feel. Like, if it has such a different feel to it. it has a – it's like we have a spearhead now, um, which we were completely lacking in the World Cup, so – it causes a, it causes a mess for everybody else, I think. Yeah, I think uh, you know we've been waiting for a number nine, you know, for so long, and the fact that in two games he gets uh, on the score sheet, you know, his first goal within two games, he's he looked dangerous the whole game. There was times where I thought he was going to score more, probably should have some good saves, some good defense by Canada, but it's just some of the moves he was making, it, it just looked like a whole nother class that we don't see in our strikers currently. So I'm very excited for that. I think, you know, like, like I said, th this is the competition you want to win. Canada deemed themselves the next giant of CONCACAF. They were laughing at us saying that we're Kings of CONCACAF because they won qualifying. Well, winning qualifying doesn't get you a trophy, and in these big games, they haven't showed up when it comes to these tournaments. They don't show up. They don't win these tournaments. I mean, I thought it was going to be a tough game, especially without Weston McKinney, without Tyler Adams, without Sergino Dest, without, you know, uh, with it being Balogun's second game, you know? like, And we went out there and said and just – two quick goals pretty much, um, you know, before half. And at that point, it's just closing it down, right? It's just locking it in. Uh, there was a few times where I was worried that we were going to give up a goal and then really be nervous. But, I mean, I made the graphic for this thumbnail on the YouTube video and the thing that I put out, I made that at halftime. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and make this now. And if we lose, whatever, I'm not going to ever post it. But I felt pretty good. Like, I don't think I feel that way if we're playing Mexico even. Um, there's something about facing Canada that I was like, once we're 2-0 up, I was like, I think we're good. Like, we didn't let them have many chances at all in the first half. And I think that's what made me feel really good about it. I think we would have even played better if Gio didn't get injured. He had to leave at halftime because, of course, right? Like, Geo gets injured. Like, that's what happens. And I was thinking, like, this – halftime, I, I think I tweeted at final third or something, but I was like, this is the game I've been waiting for, for Geo. This was games, right? We're, like, kind of the shut me up, right? Like, we always see people talk about his talent. We always see people talk about how he's doing at Dortmund. When he comes to the national team, a lot of times he's not contributing. You know, he either plays and doesn't actually 
contribute to like an assist or a goal, whatever. This game he did. He contributed to two assists, um, and they were good assists. He was creating tons of dangerous things. Uh, he had this nice moment where he was dribbling around Mexico, you know, I mean, not Mexico, around Canada. They couldn't get him. And, you know, that was, that was kind of, it was great to see Gio, uh, it was great to see Gio do this. <laughs> Star Wars Satan, thank you. He says, Greg Beerholder sucks at life. Um, I think he spelled his last name wrong there. But it was, it was just really cool to see Gio actually like show up in a U.S. shirt. He hasn't really done that. Um, I think he now already has more final goal contributions with four than any other U.S. player. Um, so I'm guessing what other final? I guess a or last Nations League. I don't remember who attributed to those goals in the last Nations League game, but it was great. The fans could have been better, but what I would assume is, again, this is not sold by us. This is sold by... I think CONCACAF and they had uh, with the CONCACAF selling, I'm not sure what the prices are, but usually both these games were at the same stadium and they usually do like a double header, meaning that if all the Mexican fans bought it for the final and then actually just showed up to the third place game and leave, you know, nobody else is, is coming in usually then. So I think that might've been why it was empty. I don't know. I didn't see the third place game, so I'm not sure. And I'm not sure about Geo's injury. Um, that doesn't seem like something that's. It was be an. Announced. It was an ankle. It looked <laughs> yeah. like, and he was limping to celebrate too, like to get on the field to celebrate. So, to me, it's not probably good. Um, hold on, I, this article had a clickbait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Thing that I just is like. Um. But I mean, I would assume they're not going to announce anything. They're out of season over in Europe. And that's where he said it back. This article so. doesn't know anything anyway. They're talking about how we'll have to go the Gold Cup without him. I don't think he's on the roster for the. I Gold don't think Cup. so either. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're going to give all the European guys. A yeah, break. yeah. So, so they don't even know, man. Yeah. What? Like why, Fox? Why would you write that article? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Fox Sports News announces that Gio Reyna will not be in a gold cup. Well, he wasn't planning on being there anyway, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was something no. like that with them before. Oh, it was. I um, can't update, but. Yeah, it was completely. Uh, it, they misnamed somebody. Or something. Like they like a different tournament or a different team. And I was like, no, that's not that's not who that is. I mean, one time they had the NFL tickers on. I do remember that. That was fun. He's celebrating with them all. Um, I can't see any update on his injury, though. So I doubt there would be just because of their break. Yeah. Yeah, plus it, it re- literally just happened last night. Um, I would assume we're going to hear by next week is kind of the vibe I would get on that. But, man, it was just a, just a fun game last night to see us, like, dominating the actual we didn't dominate possession but i mean i felt like you know we had higher xg we had more chances i felt i mean we were just absolutely running it and now there were times where canada had possibilities in the box but they either wouldn't shoot or they would you know 
totally miss. I think there was one Davies put like 30 rows high and it was, you know, they, they weren't really that close, <laughs> you know? Um, but man, I'm, I'm just, I like it, it the, to two, like it would have been really bad if we lost this game because I felt like we had the high of beating Mexico three nil. And then at that point it's like, all right, just do it. Like just beat Canada, win the trophy we had got the like emotional high. I felt more like emotional high beating Mexico than I did winning the trophy. You know, this one doesn't like hit me as much as the first nations league trophy. When we had that crazy, like comeback from behind against Mexico and win it. I mean, that game just felt special. This one was very like by the book. We won this thing. Like it, it was very not dramatic. <laughs> which is nice. We, we always ask for those, right? There's so many times where, you know, in the world cup, we're playing Iran and we're like, why can't we just win a game without <laughs> like theatrics? Like just win a standard game without giving me a heart attack. And that's what last night was. So I was very appreciative of that. Do you think like off of that one, I, I think a lot of your, uh, I guess, U.S. men's national team history has been with Mexico, whereas mine, we've dominated Mexico. Like we've, we've. I, I don't. I can't remember the last time we lost to Mexico. Like that's how long it's been. Um, so like I, I don't remember losing to Mexico much. And obviously, I know the the history, and obviously, uh, I know the experience that uh, U.S. has had with Mexico and, and then leading Concacaf. But like, <clears throat> I would say now, Jordan, like it goes United States, Canada. Mexico in that order like there's nothing in the last couple of years that tells me Mexico is a very good team now I think they the rumors were that Tata Martino's taking over the team um so I don't really know is that the rumor they, yeah. they just fired they fired him and then they fired this guy yeah so I don't think it'll be Tata somebody somebody it. rumored that it would be he'd be back to coach I was like that'd be really weird and he's also been thrown around with, with Miami too so I don't know there's a lot of speculation on that side of it, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know. I, I think with Canada, I feel like they're much more of a formidable opponent. Like, I, I just feel like, I don't know. It just, they've got better players. Like I, Mexico's got uh, Chucky. And, and I think that's pretty much it. Like it, it doesn't seem like they have any kind of bite. Uh, a lot of their players have gotten older. They're kind of ushering in this newer generation of, of the Mexican players. But again, if you're looking at the past uh, U.S. players, dual nationals, they're all picking the United States. Like, I think you're seeing a huge shift in the tide. And I think Canada's Allegan won more trophies than England has since 1966 just by playing two games with us. Hey, <laughs> oh. There That's you go. Shot. I'm sure that the English fans will be happy about that one. Uh, the last time we lost to Mexico was uh, we were undefeated in our last six. Um, the last time we lost them was an international friendly September 6 of 2019. And before that, if you don't want to count a friendly, uh, was a uh, Gold Cup game in July of 2019. So it's been a long time. It's been a whole cycle. Like, we've literally gone through a whole cycle without losing to Mexico. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that look, we got the upper hand right now. It's nice. Uh, it's really it's really great. 
Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully just keep on kicking their butt. I mean, look, they just fired their manager who's only been in charge for like four months. Um, he took over after the World Cup, and they're already look, they're gonna appoint another manager probably for the gold cup before Greg even starts managing. <laughs> they're gonna go through two managers, two full managers before Greg starts managing. I mean, I've heard rumors that Greg's not going to manage until 2026. Just going to show up cold turkey. <laughs> Just show up. Yeah. Game one. Here right. we are. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess we can dive into it now, right? Uh, I think there's not much more to talk about, except for I'm very glad we didn't concede any goals. That was great. Um, and the fact that we scored five was was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think we can move on to talking yeah. about the news that broke Friday during the Mexico game or right before it, uh, Thursday, I guess, before it kicked off. They made it official on Friday that Greg Berhalter was going to be coming back. So uh, let me just kind of run down the day of events. So Thursday, we're playing this game at 10 o'clock, 1030, something like that. And I don't know, like midday, work day, right after work. I don't know. We get this. Jesse Marsh's agent comes out and says, Jesse Marsh will not be the next manager of the U.S. men's national team. I didn't think much of it. I thought maybe that was like Jesse saying like he's pulling his hat out, you know, his name out of the hat. But now that I'm thinking about it, that was the tip off that we should probably hear something very soon. Because if Jesse was a finalist and if he knows He's not getting it. That means they knew who they were picking. And at that point, it's just a matter of time before it leaks. Now, last week, we recorded on Wednesday, Tuesday, something like that. Tuesday. And at that point, the rumor was Greg Berhalter was a finalist for, uh, was it Club America? One of those clubs down there. And to be honest, it sounds like what that was is, the club using Greg as a like potential putting his name out there. So that way that the manager they want, it was like, Oh crap, they might give it to someone else. I'm going to take this job. And that was it. So I don't even know if Greg was actually for that job or not, but now I wonder, did Greg use that as leverage to get, U.S. men's national team job faster. Did they realize we want Greg this whole time, but now he's linked to Club America? I gotta lock this down. You know, like, what do you think? Did did Greg use that fake thing to like gain leverage against the U.S. soccer, or was it just a like happy coincidence that this all was going on in the last week? Well, I think it's a. I think it definitely was leverage. I don't see any way it wasn't like I, I know in MLB, they do this all the time. It's like, Oh, there's interest from elsewhere. And it, it's always made up by the agent of the actual coach that wants the job. This just forces their hand. And like you said, I, it was interesting to me too. It was like how we didn't really pick up on the fact that obviously Jesse Marsh was going to be a finalist for this job. I felt like the community was really slow on just thinking like you and myself, Jordan, which was like, oh, well, that just means Jesse is probably got his hat and other things. So Jesse's not interested. But I think because this process has been so strange for so long, um, I think that's ultimately why you get Greg dropping that to 
whoever they need to drop it to uh, to get that story out. Like all they had to do, Jordan was getting the hands of like a Tom Bogert or Paul Tenorio or whoever it might be, so they can just go, oh yeah, this is uh, it's gonna be an issue because Greg's gonna go sign somewhere else. Yeah, Tenorio is the one that broke the news uh, that Greg was coming back. They had him on the CBS um, Mexico halftime or post game talking about it there. So let's talk about it. he's going to start after the Gold Cup. And I want to know why. Is, is You know, I, I saw some conspiracies already. That's something that U.S. Men's National Team Twitter and Facebook love, right, is the conspiracies. And this conspiracy was, well, they already know that the Gold Cup roster they picked sucked. So they are going to uh, not want him under pressure right away when he loses the Gold Cup. And one, I think that's kind of disrespectful to the people on the Gold Cup roster because I think we should be able to still win that tournament anyway. And two, look, I don't know if they could work that way. I, I don't know if you could. I don't know if you're like, well, as soon as we lose this game, they're going to call for his head. There's people calling for his head now. Like, I mean, th- there's no difference, right? Like, loses the gold cup if he was in charge people would be asking for his head uh even if we just won the nation's league and he coached that as well like it doesn't matter right like i don't think they would ever operate that way where they're like we can't we can't have him coach the gold cup because at that point i'm guessing once the roster was out there's like we're gonna let bj ride this out because it's his roster and you know, because Greg might want to make changes to the roster. We don't know, right? I mean, like, that would be weird, just kind of giving somebody a roster like that. But it's frustrating that we're not starting this new cycle off with these two tournaments. These are kind of like these pointless, I don't want to say pointless tournaments because I'm excited we won, but, like, it's hard for us to judge it at all, right, without knowing how it's going to be under Greg. Now, I also want to just shout out that BJ Callahan was an assistant of Greg Berhalter. So, I mean, he's he's already said he's kind of using the same system Greg did anyway. Uh, so part of it is the players playing well. And I think we can't knock that we actually have a legitimate starting striker now either. I mean, maybe our goal-scoring problems go away anyway now that we have Balogun. But I don't know. I just Get your thoughts here on the reappointment of Greg and... Um, why he's not coaching the Gold Cup. Yeah, so I think my initial reaction is frustration only because, you know, I if this was going to be the case, I, I don't know why we – I mean, I think I do know why we did this. I think ultimately they were waiting for this investigation to clear. They were waiting for the next director to step in as far as the U.S. men's national team and really get this thing going in, in a direction I think they wanted. Um, this might frustrate people and – uh, there are probably a lot of questions and, and, you know, I myself might have them, but I think ultimately what it says is that just the, the U S men's national team pool was not as deep as people think it is um, as far as coaching candidates. I mean, think about it. it you know, people are shouting out Pep's name. Um, they were thinking Jim Curtin was going to come down off the union spot, but they weren't going to give Jim. I don't think they were going to give Jim that much time to decide if he wanted the job. It would have required him stepping down from a union job that I think he's happy in. And I think, 
Jim Curtin's next step is to Europe. I mean, mid-season, I just, too. Right, it yeah. Mid-season for Jim. <clears throat> yeah, so either that or you're waiting for December, and that's just not good for the U.S. men's national team roster um, because you really start to put yourself in a really tight window, um, even though it, it sounds like it's three years, but it's really not. I mean, you've really got a couple of camps that aren't going to be as important or utilized, uh, so you really just have a limited window to get the guys ready. Um the more I've thought about it, though, the more it just makes sense at this point. I, I think we can be frustrated with some of the tactics as far as Greg's concerned. And I think, you know, I've kind of done a 180 on, on the way I feel about it. Um, and just the fact that, like, I'm not sure there was anything better out there. The players, like you said, Jordan, they, they love Greg. They like working with Greg. I think Greg's easy to get along with. He whether you like him or not as a person or as a coach, he's done one hell he's done one hell of a job recruiting some of these players that were dual nationals. I mean, Yunus Musa could have easily gone elsewhere. I'm sure uh, he talked to Balogun, Balogun as yeah. well. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, he, you know, Balogun isn't yeah, Balogun isn't just deciding in the last couple of weeks that he wanted to join the US men's national team, uh, or even months. So, you know, I think that was an ongoing process. Um they like, you know, I'm sure Balagoon has talked to multiple people. Um, again, like you said, Dest is not just picking uh, the United States because he's more comfortable there. He's he's picked because I, I think he sees a future with Greg, too. So, I don't know. And the, the crew players loved Greg when Greg was there. I, I think players just truly do like Greg. I think they respect him. Um, he's played. He's got the respect of that, you know, that aspect of it. Um He's got the ties to the U.S., obviously. Uh, everything kind of makes sense. The only thing that, that I, again, I think is more of just weighing heavy on people is the fact that they think he doesn't do enough, which, I mean, we really haven't had the roster to say that. I think, yeah, this this World Cup and this qualifying, which we don't really have to qualify, but this World Cup is really, I think, a, a measuring stick onto how we will see Greg. Because, Jordan, what if, what if they do make a run to the final eight, final four, like, I think you look well, at Greg and go, well, this has been really successful. Well, if Copa as well, that we, right. we can judge yeah. our team on as well, I guess, was it next year? Um, look, we were very clear when we did the post wrap up that we both wanted to move on from Greg. And I thought we would. I, I thought every time they said he's still a candidate, that was lip service. <laughs> I really did. Turns out they really like him. And, and I don't want to, I can't have people say it's favoritism or anything like that because this is a different guy in charge than it was the last time. It's, you know, it's different, right? Like he probably still had to talk to Crocker. He probably still had to like present an idea on what they're supposed to be doing, right? And, you know, anybody that would disregard what Pulisic and the other players say, Timothy Weah, right? That disregard what they say just because this is, the, this is the excuse all the time, right? Is, well, what else are they supposed to say? There's ways to say stuff without saying stuff. So, I mean, like, if Pulisic acts about Greg, be like, yeah, we had a great time at the World Cup. I'm, I'm anticipating to see what happens next. He doesn't have to say Greg's a great guy. I want him back. You know what I'm saying? Like there is ways to say it without being like him, without him saying Greg sucks and without him saying, I want Greg back. If he wanted to be neutral, he could have been, he could have been neutral. Our captain likes the coach. Timothy Weah, the people 
that wanted Weya to start over Paul Ariola. And we'll get to Ariola's tweet later, but to Paul Ariola and the people that were so upset that Ariola was starting over Weya and that Weya should have been starting no matter what. Well, guess what? Timothy Weya likes Greg Berhalter, advocated for him to come back. <laughs> you know, like he didn't seem that upset that he wasn't starting right away, you know, like, and then the people that are like, okay, well, Pepe, Pepe got left off the squad. Pepe was like, this is great. Greg's coming back. You know, yes, he missed the world cup, but, but Pepe wasn't playing good at that point. Like it, it is what it is, right? Like he was just now finding his feet after a bad transfer and he played this time and he looked good. Um, so there's things here that make me think I don't want the players running the team, but I do want to take their thoughts into account of they're playing well. They wanted Greg back. Great. And when you're at, throwing in the Reina thing, and I know like in Greg's press conference, somebody asked him, have you spoken with Reina? Have you spoken with Pepe since the World Cup? And he said, no. Some people were very up in arms about that. And I mean, for... May, he wasn't he wasn't the manager he wasn't the coach why would he be reaching out you know like why why would you especially after the public blow up with reina and his family and all that stuff. i'd be like i'm taking a break from that for a bit i need these five months to relax but now he can reach out to them he's officially hired i'm sure he's going to talk to them i'm sure he may have already have talked to them at this point now I don't know. I, I think it's funny when if a player like Joe Scally, who says how he wants a manager that runs the team club team, but by a like a national team, everyone was like, that's a slight on Greg. I love it when they say stuff like that. But then when people come out and praise Greg, they say he didn't actually mean it. There's no win. There's a no win scenario here, right? Like they either take what they said at face value or they disregard it if it doesn't fit their narrative. And that's frustrating. Uh, like it or not, we're stuck with Greg till 2026. If he fails at Copa, if he fails at the Gold Cup, well, he's not coaching the Gold Cup, but the next Gold Cup, it doesn't matter. He's still coaching. That's how they're going to go, right? We're guaranteed to be in the World Cup this time. Nothing is going to get him fired. And he now has a starting nine. Right, a starting striker. He sh they should be able to score more. It, now, if here's where I'll kind of claim that he's under a, a little bit more pressure right out the gate because his assistants Anthony Hudson and B.J. Callahan have done very well with this squad. Also, though, some of that was not due to their decisions, and what I mean by that is. Tyler Adams is out. So they already had to make a change to the midfield. And that allowed for Musa to be playing as a six where he played very well. That allowed Gio to go central. And Greg's already liked Gio centrally. He said that before. But he usually ended up sticking him on the wing because you had Adams, Musa, and McKenney. You know what I'm saying? So who are you taking out? Who are you taking out in that midfield to put Gio? We have at a point so many midfielders, it's going to be tough to make that decision on who's going to start, who's going to get benched. And for for BJ Callahan, it was 
he already had to make a change due to Adams being injured. And then he had to make another change due to McKinney being out. Um, the reason Scally played, right, was because Dest was red card. So, I mean, those are just things that I kind of think about, and uh, we'll see. Uh, like I said, Greg is going to be under pressure. That's not a problem. I'm not advocating for Greg to be a lifetime coach, but I think at a certain point we got to kind of put it behind us, no matter the results of the Gold Cup, and know that when the friendlies happen in, like, October, that this we're locked in for three years we are locked in and as long as the players are feeling it i don't have any problem with it what i wanted a sexier pick yeah we all said we want to you know uh what was it herv uh herv's um renard or whatever we, we all wanted him have his unbuttoned shirt on the sideline but god like <laughs> Hercules, right? We we all wanted him on the sideline, or but here's the thing: we were never going to get Ancelotti. Ancelotti's going to Brazil. They just said that he's going to coach the Brazilian national team. We're never going to get Ancelotti. If you're not going to get Ancelotti, you're not going to get Pep. If you're not going to get Pep, you can't get Mourinho. Like there is levels to this, right? And our job is not as sexy as Brazil or some of those other ones people can get. So we have to kind of go with. The lower, the lower tier. I do like what you said, though. I mean, as far as the reason why the assistants have come in and had success is because they did. They, they were pretty much forced to play these guys that were playing in their very natural position that they like to play on their club teams, which they can't really fit because it, it doesn't fit that way in the U.S. men's national team. And maybe Greg learns something from it. Maybe Greg takes that and says, you know what? Eunice is a great number six. Maybe we move Tyler Adams a little bit. Maybe we do a double pivot. Like, I don't know. Like, there, yeah, there's multiple options. But, like, you're not going to go and change a whole formation just because one guy performs a little bit better. And I and I do agree with you, Jordan. I think Geo's main role should be in that midfield, in that central attacking midfield position where he seems to be very comfortable. But, again, he can't stay healthy. So, like, the idea that he's going to stay healthy enough over this world cup is just bonkers. Cause he's never done. So he's never once been healthy. So it, it just, they're preparing themselves to play without a certain somebody in the midfield. They're just deciding on who that might be at that specific time. And then, you know, and I think that's where Brandon Aronson comes in where Brendan feels very much more comfortable, I think in that midfield rather than he does on the wings. Like I, I feel like that he fits a lot better in the actual midfield because like you said, Jordan, while he can be a good attacking player and he does create good chances, his his biggest thing for me is that he would be a disruption and 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 a half. He presses. On, he, yes, he runs. He, yeah. yeah, he's an. That's all he pretty much did yesterday right. was press Davies. Right. Which is what you need. Yeah, you take you take one player out of the equation for some of these U.S. men's or sorry, some of these other national teams, Jordan. Like you know, take for instance, if you had taken like a a Ronaldo or a Bernard Bernardo Silva out of the Portugal team or you take a KDB out of his mix with Belgian team. Like that's a big damper on whatever they're trying to do in the attack. And if Brendan Aronson is going to provide that with you with Tyler Adams and Musa kind of as a double pivot, if that's, what's going to take to, to get this team to the finals, by all means, I'd love to go full defensive and just absolutely blow teams up and score a couple goals off of a, a, a Balagun goal, like, or a Pulisic goal late. Like I, I'd much rather see that than what we saw where we're just goalless wonders and look completely lost 
defensively in the midfield. And you would hope, right? Like that Greg, if he keeps BJ Callahan as an assistant, that he'd be like, Hey, what was working so well for you on the nation's league? And they'll, he'll take that. He's a manager. You know what I'm saying? Like that's supposed to happen. And Greg doesn't doesn't strike me as somebody that'd be like arrogant enough to go, no, I'm not listening to you. Right. Right. Never strikes me as that kind of person. What it is, it's the perceived Greg in people's heads, right? That are like, he won't listen to this. He, you know, uh, but for me, the other wild takes I've seen are like, I saw somebody say this is the reappointment of Greg was the worst day they've had following this team since we got knocked, since we missed the World Cup in 2018. <laughs> wild. That is wild. They missed the Gio Reyna crap falling. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. And then that, you know, Greg said, hey, we want to like challenge world powers. And, you know, people were saying, okay, so when we go to Copa, we should win the thing. Uh, we should beat Brazil and Argentina, no problem. I'm like, what are you What are you watching? Those are still two of the top teams. Argentina is a World Cup champion. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I think you're looking at beating everyone else other than those two and then maybe getting lucky against them, right? Like, like that's, that's my thought. Or beat Belgium or beat France. Like, beat one of them. And I'll be happy. Like, I just don't like beating a, I mean, France would be a hell of a defeat. Um, But again, like, I I think, yes, we can compete with them. I don't, I don't expect us to win in 2026. Like, no, no, that's foolish. That's getting your hopes up way too high. Final eight, final eight would where I would, I would be happy. I honestly, I want to get to the final eight. That's the next step. And then no matter where the next world cup is, you're thinking eight or semis, right? Like that's what you want to do. Um, Look, we still see teams like Italy not qualify and just totally bomb out, right? And then I saw some people saying, are we really that worse than Croatia, who's doing so good? Yes, Croatia has a a Ballon d'Or winner on their team. We don't have anything close to that. Pulisic doesn't get into the Croatian team. I mean, come on, people. We're not... You're overestimating... We do this all the time as U.S. fans. We're overestimating this starting eleven. Um, and maybe the whole squad. Some of these players are going to be going in July back to their club and having to sort out where they're going. McKenney, his his loan is done at Leeds. Adams wants to leave. Brendan has something in his contract to leave at relegation. Pulisic wants to go. I mean, Destil has not no clue where he's going to go. I mean, we have so many people at clubs right now that are not even in the starting 11 of their club and they need to figure it out or they, they don't have a club situation. The best teams in the world don't have that issue. You know, Luka Modric can go to whatever team he wanted to, Um, you know, Kylian Mbappe can go wherever he wants and he's trying to, but (laughs) that's a good point though. Like, uh, I think people overestimate Christian. I don't think he's one of the best Chelsea players. I, I, I think they've got a mess. They've got a mess of just random players that just don't fit. But I don't think it's he's hard to judge of... him at Chelsea because yeah. that whole team is just completely yeah. awful. Yeah. But then you look at Dest. Dest isn't where he wants to be. Like, it's all of them. Yeah. Like, you're, you're right. Like, as 100%. Our best goalkeeper, Jordan, is the second best goalkeeper on an Arsenal team. Yep. That... Uh, did not win for a premier league title competed but like you're right like if i'm looking around the one and only player i think that we have right now and that i think we'll get to that point 
is I do think Balagun's going to get to that point. Like, I do think he becomes one of those guys, but you need a lot of those guys, Jordan. Like you said, hell, the Belgian team, I think all their starting 11 players are playing for one of the top clubs in the world. Like, that, that's just, it's insane to me. Like, Germany, same thing. Like, a lot of these German players, like a, a Gundogan, he could walk onto anybody's team and play wherever the hell he wanted. Like, it, it, we don't have that. Like, we do not have that. These guys are way too young right now. Like, I don't think we have anybody. I could see Weston getting to that point, too, but he's just not there yet. Like, I Leeds just fans hated him, man. Yeah, and I, that and everything. Right. I mean, it, it is. <laughs> but I, I think as far as talent-wise, I think he's got talent. I think Gio has a world of talent. He's just never healthy. And I think Balogun's got talent. But I, I, I do think – If where... Gio can stay healthy, he will be the player that can play into a team. Because he, he was yeah. so instrumental for Dortmund. That's true, yeah. But if he can – if he can ever stay healthy, which is rare, right? Like I think he is a player that can, uh, he's only what, 19. He he can still like when he's 23, he might be able to just play wherever he wants. I guess we'll find out, but I wanted to share this uh, tweet because it created some discourse of, uh, you know, what is toxic fandom and what's not right. So, uh, MLS Buzz tweeted, remember when Timothy Weah only became a U.S. men's national team starter when Paul Ariola had to pull out of a starting 11 because he injured himself in warm-ups? Paul Ariola retweeted this with a quote here saying, I remember fans tweeting, thank God you got injured. Man, what a great feeling. You guys are awesome. And I think there is, you know, I know people say, U.S. Men's National Team Twitter is toxic, and I know that has upset some fans on Twitter saying, we're no worse than Brazil. We're no worse than other sports, you know? But, look, I, I follow... I follow a lot of Orioles fans, a lot of Raven fans in my area for my teams. I don't see stuff like this. I, I usually don't, don't you know? Um, so it's not as prevalent in other sports as you would think. Maybe overseas it is, but, you know, I, I kind of hate when people just say, oh, those are just a few outliers, right? Because, I mean, for, for Paul Ariola, it stuck with him. It is his life. He had this sort of abuse that he was seeing. And, I, like, I get if you don't want him to be playing there's no reason to bring up Paul Ariola last night when we won a damn trophy there's no reason right that all you have to do is say thank god Timothy Way is playing right now you don't have to bring up remember how Timothy Way wasn't even starting until Paul Ariola got injured that's pointless that's bringing up Paul for no reason you know uh this is what we mean when we say toxic in the U.S. Uh, fandom is not even really the MLS buzz account, but having people tweet at Paul Ariola, thank God you're injured, stuff like that. You can, you should back every player. It's not up to the player. The player gets called in, he's going to take the chance. He wants to play for his his country. You know, he's gonna he's gonna come in. You should be directing that stuff towards the manager and stuff like that, but not even like, don't, don't get real weird about that either. Like don't call the manager 
names or say you wish the manager would be injured or something like just just be civil be have normal discourse right like i see it all the time in other sports where it's like this guy sucks can we just like call up somebody else that's not a slight but when you're bringing up after winning a fee thank god he got injured a year ago it's just it's just uncalled for at this point uh, again we were beating mexico 3-0 and everyone was focused on greg burhalter getting rehired soak in the win guys uh, why are you that worried about it, it like i get it sports are fun we you know we podcast about this sport we watch the games we love the feelings it gives us but at the end of the day i could I can turn that part of me off and focus on something else if I need to. Well, I don't know if I'm always feeling good about the, the feelings U.S. men's national team gives me, Jordan, but I would never go this far as to to, to wish to wish harm on somebody else. It's just absolutely bonkers to me. Like that, that's sick. Like you're sick, and and you need help. Like you, if you're taking it this seriously, I mean, it, it, yeah, like it's disappointing when we lose. But my gosh, like the, these are people's lives. Like these people have kids. And could you imagine, right? Like Paul Ariel's kid getting a hold of this for some reason. And like all these people are out to get my dad and like, they don't care about him being healthy. This is, this would be like me telling you, I wish your dad get hurt and he can't work. Like these are so real stupid. people yeah, in real so life. Yeah. Like grow up. I mean, it, it is even tweeting stuff like that. Like, sorry, I'm all this buzz, but I'm going to go after you on this one. Like it, it just, I just don't understand. I, I don't get why tweeting anything like that even has to come up. How about tweeting something along the lines of, you know, I, I really wish Timothy Way would play, and that's that. Like, wish he's in the starting 11. I'd much rather see him play over Paul Ariola. Nothing wrong with that. Why can't you just say that? Why bring up all this stuff? Why are you injury? focusing on something that happened yeah. two years ago on a night right. where he was starting and we won right. the game? It doesn't yeah. make any, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Right. And if you know, uh, Paul Ariel about... is sitting there on the couch catching strays for no yeah. reason. Here. And if you know anything about MLS, which obviously you don't in your accounts name MLS Buzz, you don't know how the hell he plays in Texas. Like he's played really well. That's the reason that team has played so well. So like you clearly don't have a good read of what's going on. Cool. Timothy Wea plays in Europe, but also Paul Ariola was going to play in Europe before he got injured. So you're bringing up all these awful things that, that this poor guy has had, had to go through. And like it would, it'd be like wishing you ill or hurt so you can't work. How does that feel? Like, I, I just, I, I I hate it. I hate it so much. Like, this is one thing that, like, this is just so across the line. You don't say stuff like this. Like, you, you don't go after somebody on a personal level. Sure, if they're not performing, you suck. You don't perform well. What the hell? Like, cool. Like, you can say that stuff, I guess. But also, no, these people are, like, imagine people showing up to your work, watching over your shoulder, and as soon as you made the mistake, going, what the hell? Get him out of there. Yeah, I don't, he doesn't deserve to be here. Like, well, the thing that gets that me, stuff. too, is I see people saying, you know, well, this is just part of being a pro athlete and in the spotlight in 2023. We this can demand be. better. <laughs> you know, we don't have to be, like, social media is a wasteland. That's it. Like, you have, like... Why do we accept it? Why do we accept? Why do we see what other people are saying and just think, "Oh, that's 2023 for you." That's the uh, social media. That's landscape. good old Twitter. That's good old Twitter. Yeah. I always hear that, and so yeah. that's Twitter for you. I'm like, what the hell's the difference between Twitter and Instagram and TikTok? TikTok's a very positive place. I don't understand. I don't get this. Like, I don't get why we've deemed Twitter 
where you can go to be a complete asshole. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. Yeah, it, it's just frustrating when it's like, maybe we should demand better than of random anonymous accounts <laughs> instead of just being like, hmm, that's part of being a pro athlete. You got to deal with it or get out of the profession. It's such a narrow narrow worldview because in in the the difference is twitter you can go out of your way and tag somebody and yell at them then like in the old day when you're just like okay i went to the supermarket and uh some upset fans yelled at me okay but now you're back home and nobody can contact you this is like just constant going into people this is why people leave twitter this is why people leave social media is because of is because of that it's frustrating. All right, let's talk some MLS here. We got some uh, good stuff coming up here. We have uh, Messi might be what bringing over Busquets. They're He's saying bringing over a, a whole, I think, Barcelona and Real Madrid teams from the past. Saying it is a uh, a, uh, a DP for for Busquets. So what is that? Two already that they'll have with Well, I was going to say Messi I mean, and Busquets by themselves yeah. or what? Well, and then Jordi Alba, I think it's Jordi Alba, right? Is that the, the guy's first name? Um yeah. I can't ever remember. Um but He's in negotiations, yeah. Yeah, he and on a TAM deal. I'm like how in the world is Miami pulling off and it said Sergio Busquets might also be TAM. Why how the hell does this work? Like I'm so confused. Well, I like, think uh who was it? Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, he reports for Miami. He was saying it's going to be a DP spot. Um, I can't find it now, though. I just thought I saw somebody say that they would both somehow be on TAM. Well, maybe yeah, maybe it changed. Like, because maybe they deleted the tweet because I don't see it. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like uh, these. uh, It's amazing to me one that Miami, if they're doing anything funky, that they're getting away with it again. Um. Two. It's just amazing to me, Jordan, that that this how quickly this can change this league. Like, how quickly this guy could Franco Paninzo, right? He reports for them. He says that Busquets will be a designated player for Inter-Miami, will not be a TAM signing. Okay. And uh, apparently they might be trying to buy out Pizarro uh, to be able Mm. to get him off their books as a DPS. That might free up some spots then, so... They're going to be really good. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We've seen this before. You've never seen Lionel Messi. <laughs> like that's the, that's this like bringing, I don't know, God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like a savior in, in some way. But All right. Quickly recapping the results that happened. Houston got another bite of the apple against LAFC on Wednesday last week, and they won again. Uh, so they just took two. Out of them, uh, NYCFC and Columbus drew 1-1. DC lost to RSL 2-1. 
another goal of the season candidate here as it is uh, chipped and it goes like top right corner over the DC goalkeeper. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, I think it's a better one than Zeller Rand's, but I think Zeller Rand, you, you have to add in the fact that it was a stoppage time winner. I don't know. It's kind of difficult to figure that out, I guess, on what is more important. New England beat Orlando 3-1. LAFC bounced back. They beat SKC 2-1. Nashville beat St. Louis 3-1. Mukhtar, best player in the league as he scores. Um, uh, did he have a hat trick or he have two? Um, think he had a hat trick. There you go. He could add four. That's right. He could add four. That's how well he was playing. And then uh, San Jose Portland drew nil-nil. So that was the the weekend action. Not a lot of games this week as we talked about. But we got a lot of games coming up on Wednesday. So let's go ahead and pick our match of the week. Atlanta, NYCFC, 7.30 on Apple TV for free. Then Cincinnati hosts Toronto. Montreal hosts Nashville. That is free. Red Bulls host Charlotte. That's free. Orlando hosts Philadelphia and the Stateside Soccer Show Derby at 7.30. That one's not free. You have to pay up. 8.30, Austin hosts Dallas. Houston hosts San Jose. That's free. That's a fun one. Houston was originally San Jose. They relocated to Houston, and then San Jose got a team back again. That's free. 8.30. Uh, St. Louis hosting RSL. Um, Colorado hosting Vancouver at 9.30. That is free. LA Galaxy hosting SKC. LAFC hosting Seattle and Portland hosting Chicago at 10:30. That's free. What's your thoughts here, Logan? Match of the week. Well, I'm going with the match that I'm going to. So uh, I will be picking the Orlando and Union game. Um, as oh yeah, you got tickets for that, right? My, yeah, second half of my uh, Christmas presents. So um, yeah, I'm Perfect. looking forward Six to that. Six months later. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's now you need to... Now you'll get another gift in six months, so you'll right. be really good. Yeah, well, um, it's supposed to rain here, um, so that'll be tough. Um, uh, one thing, too, that I, I want to kind of sharpen my teeth on, um, if Orlando City's listening, um, they're pretty much like, screw you over on these ticket packages. <laughs> like, Do they? Uh, yeah, so we're sitting um, in row U, which is the last row in the stadium. Now, in soccer, that's not bad. Like, I... I'm totally fine sitting there, but like my wife paid good money for it. And like, they didn't send me the tumbler. They didn't send me the, the gift card and it was supposed to be sent to us. I'm going full Karen right here. Um, but also like the tickets are valued at like $25. It doesn't even out to the amount of stuff that you get. So did they, uh, did they send it to you afterwards? Have you contacted nope. them saying I need yep. the tumbler and stuff? Yep. So it's time uh, to use your press pass. And, right. And, uh, <laughs> If I ever get it back now after putting them on blast, but like, like I felt bad. Like my wife's like, oh, this is stupid. They're only going for like 25 bucks. I'm like, yeah, like it, it wasn't uh yeah. It kind of felt like a, a cheap way out there. Well, know. how much was the plan as itself as the whole? They had to be upwards of 200 and you got opening day mm, and this. No, not opening day. I don't think it was, was it? I can't remember. I'm old. Right, because I thought you went for Red Bull's opening day. There. I guess I did then. I guess that would have been opening night. But again, those tickets were valued very high. So it's like, mm. 
I think the problem, my, my, the biggest thing is like the seating thing. Like, at least if you're going to pick one game to put you up in the the top of the stadium, and if you know anything about Orlando, it's really it's they're great seats still. They are. But like, at least move you down somewhere for the second game. You know, like that's what other sports do. Like, I know with Orlando Magic, they do. You buy one of those packages, they'll put you way up in the rafters one game, and then bring you back down, and then bring you back up, and then bring you back down. So it's like. At least That's interesting. Get, I know? think for like the only thing I can compare it to around me is like the Oriole ticket plans, but I think they are all like if you buy like a 13 game ticket plan, I think it's like you're sitting in the same spot for all the games. Yeah. Sorry, that probably sounds sounded snobby, but <laughs> I just felt like uh, I don't know. Uh, they have me in row U. <laughs> right. But the fact that they didn't even send the package, like, didn't even care to correct that mistake. Doesn't sound like Logan's game of the week here. I'm rooting for the union, is what I'm going for here. <laughs> I've converted him. I'm actually going to pull my union kit out uh, and wear it. I don't have Do one. Do you have one? Oh, no. no so send one to me. Like, I've got time, right? You can get it here overnight. No. I'm sure no, it won't be cheap. I'm not going to pay for that. Why? Oh, I'd be fine. It's not worth the value of the ticket if I send it down. It's true. It might be more than my package. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What game am I going to pick? If you pick that one, I'm not going to pick that one. Let's go with the Union in Orlando. I mean, I'll, I'll go basic. LAFC, Seattle. It's <laughs> a pretty nice matchup. LAFC, like we said, they're kind of, they, they've rebounded against SKC. How much of a rebound is that, right? I mean, SKC has been playing better, but LAFC is tied for first still even with flubbing those two games against Houston and they have a game in hand with St. Louis still number one. St. Louis has kind of been on a little bit of a downturn recently. Seattle one point less than LAFC, but they have two games in hand of LAFC. So for Seattle, this is very important. Um, I mean, LAFC has two games in hand against Seattle. So it's a very important game for Seattle. They kind of hold, LAFC down and get one of their games in hand out of the way. Well, no, I guess that wouldn't work that way because then Seattle plays an extra game. Anyway, Seattle has been struggling as well lately. They got to start moving up. This West is, is completely bonkers. The highest team in the West would be fifth place in the East. That's not typical. Uh, So that's, that's pretty interesting. All right, and then we also have games on the weekend, so we'll talk about them now. Charlotte, Montreal at 7.30. Columbus, Nashville at 7.30. That's free. D.C. and Cincinnati is free. New England, Toronto is free. New York, Atlanta is free. Philly hosting Miami without Messi. So if you bought tickets for that, you, you got kind of screwed. That's at 7.30. Austin hosting Houston. In two, so they they ho- they face Dallas midweek. Then they face the other Texas team on the weekend. SKC versus Chicago at eight thirty. That's free. Colorado, LA Galaxy at nine thirty. That is free. They're like two bottom teams. No one wants to watch that. That's free for you. Don't have to pay for it. RSL Minnesota at nine thirty. Um, Gold Cup starts on Saturday already. US Jamaica. That's at nine thirty. Uh, LAFC and Vancouver at 10.30. Portland, NYCFC at 10.30. San Jose, St. Louis 
at 10.30, and Seattle-Orlando for free, 10.30 on Saturday. And then we will be back by the time we play the second group stage game in the Gold Cup, which is Wednesday, June 28th at 9.30. All right, game of the week for the weekend, Logan. I'm going to go with Nashville and Columbus. I think uh, having two of the best players in the league possibly square off against each other is a lot of fun. Zellerion and Hani Mukhtar. Uh, A battle, I guess, for like kind of that midsection in the Eastern Conference. Um, You know, Nashville sits second, Columbus in fifth, and Jordan only seven points uh, in between those two teams. So if Nashville drops three points here, Columbus can kind of go on a little bit of a roll. They could start to catch up to maybe the top half of the Eastern Conference again. They had kind of struggled there for a little bit. Seem to be back on track. I've won three of their last four, so possibly looking at uh, maybe another Columbus win, especially at lower.com. It's a really good Nashville team who don't really give up any goals. So, I, I mean, I think it should be pretty interesting. Uh, Walker's never been back from international break, um, so that'll be, that'll be kind of fun to mix them back into uh, the best defense. And I guess uh, – I guess we'll see. I think Hani Mukhtar, uh, again, this is one of those games that if he goes on the road and terrorizes another uh, defensive team, uh, I, I think that you're – or sorry, another team uh, in the Eastern Conference that plays pretty well, I think that you could be looking at, once again, Hani Mukhtar, clear favorite to win MVP this year. So, I think he is already. Yeah. Uh, I'll pick USA Jamaica. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, Gold I'm, Cap fan, huh? That's unfair. No that's unfair. I can't, no I can't, yeah, no Greg. So I gotta mark, bump it down. Okay, I'm gonna pick Seattle Orlando. I think that's just a fun matchup we don't see a lot. So I'm kind of excited for that. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe Seattle will put Orlando in their place and maybe they'll finally send you their tumbler that you need. Right. Get them. <laughs> Get them, Sounders. Yeah, but, uh, I kind of forgot the Gold Cup is this quick, like right around the corner. It doesn't seem real. Like it's like no, um, I was they're going to drop later. this roster. Yeah, like they're going to drop this roster and then go with the next roster. Like, like what? You know what I know? I yeah. just know you, Jordan. Like your background is it a still picture? No, it's just a blurred background of my room. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to send a screenshot to you, Jordan, because in your background, I just pulled you up full screen and this is probably terrifying it looks like there's somebody sitting behind you where like right there where you just had your hand like it looks like a face it looks like he's wearing a no there it looks like they're wearing a crystal palace kit let's see hold on it's that is no that's a box (laughs) it's kind of hold on i'm you go ahead and and you can wrap it up but i'll uh i'll screenshot this for you (laughs) because it's horrifying thank you all for listening or watching along uh send us your thoughts on the greg berhalter appointment good or bad i don't care i'll read whatever you send um so you can do that at stateside show on facebook twitter instagram we do have a discord that you can join as well if you just uh click the discord link in the link tree um you can email us at gmail.com so you can reach us at all those places. You can give us your predictions on the Gold Cup. You can give us all these thoughts on Greg Berhalter or your MLS team. You know, I've seen comments before where people are not happy with some of the coverage from other nationwide 
podcasts that are maybe made by the league uh, that they don't cover your team as well, you know, hopefully we can. So let us know what you want to see more of, hear more of. You can like, subscribe us on Facebook. You can rate us on, on Facebook, on YouTube. You can rate us on, you know, Apple and Spotify now so more people can find us. But thank you all for watching and listening. We'll catch you next time after hopefully another U.S. victory. <laughs>